0: This podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. 1 Corinthians 13 Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. Maybe some of you even know it off by heart. or at least in the authorised version. (laughs) That's how I learned it. Um, There's an awful lot you can say about love. But the first thing I want to say is that the um, The most important thing is not in 1 Corinthians 13. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. And it's in the last verse. Paul says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Love is a way to walk in. And it's a more excellent way than the things that he has been describing just previously to that. You may may remember last week, Graham was talking about uh, the gifts that God has given to the church. And the, the fact in verse 29 of chapter 12, not everybody is an apostle. There are few apostles, comparatively speaking. Not everybody is a prophet. Not everybody is a teacher. Not everybody works miracles. Not everybody has the gifts of healings. Not everybody has the gift of tongues. Not everybody interprets. But while we are to desire earnestly the best gifts, Paul says, I show you a more excellent way. And love is a way to walk in. And it's for everyone. You know, these other things, they are not for everyone. But love, to walk in love, in the way of love, is for every one of us. Isn't that good? Isn't it good? Now, if we go to the first verse of chapter 14, Paul says, pursue love. Run after it. I know some translations say, make love your goal. So it's a way to walk in and it's something to pursue. In Psalm 119, verse 96, in my New King James version, the psalm says, I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. And I think of a love triangle when I think of this verse but not the kind of love triangle that people normally think of when they talk about a love triangle. The consummation of all perfection is God himself, and he is love. And I think of that as the apex of a triangle. But your commandment is exceedingly broad. And I think of that as the the base of a triangle. And that's the love triangle. God at the very apex. But the love of God, which is what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about. Agape love. Is also exceedingly broad. Because it covers every aspect of life. And every aspect of eternity. It's a bit like um, Doctor Who's TARDIS. You know, there's, there's one way into walking in the way of love. And the way is... Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the way to the Father, and the Father is love. So there's this small door, just one door, to enter into love, and that is Jesus himself. But you know, if you've ever watched Doctor Who, you go in through this sort of policeman's old-fashioned policeman type telephone box through this door when you get inside it's vast it's huge and that's like God's love triangle because you come in through Jesus he is the only way into the way of love And if you haven't begun yet to walk in the way of love, there's only one way in to that way, and that's Jesus. But when you get inside, it's vast, it's huge, it's broad. In that psalm, it says, your commandment is exceedingly broad. You know, if you were to sum up everything that God required of his people in the law and the prophets. It's love. It's just one word, love. You could sum up the whole of scripture with just one word, love. Jesus said in John 15 verse 12, this is my commandment that you love One another as I have loved you. One commandment. But it's so broad, isn't it? Love one another in the same way as I have loved you. And to see the height and the depth and the breadth of love. We go to one place and that's the cross. Because that's where God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. He says, beloved. Let us love one another. For love is of God. Love is of God. The love that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about is not found anywhere else because love is of God. And we grow in love through God the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And we see the love of God through God the Son as He demonstrates. His love to us in what, why we were yet sinners. He died for us. I heard uh, some month, months back actually, it was last year, I was watching um, a TV program uh, from the People's Church in Toronto. Charles Price was preaching and he, he mentioned that... Uh, In a church in South America, one Sunday morning, the pastor got up to preach. And he said, my scripture this morning is 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. And he sat down. And there was a really awkward silence because people had come to hear a preach. And after a minute or two, he got up again, went to the pulpit, and he said, my verse scripture this morning is 1 John 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. And then he sat down again. And there was an even more awkward silence. And his wife was looking at him really strangely. And so was everybody else. They were thinking, has he lost it this morning? And then he got up again and he said, the verse that I have to bring to you this morning is 1 John 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. And he sat down. And then somebody tweaked. And he turned to his neighbour and he said, Hi. I don't know whether his name was John or whatever. Hi, I'm John. What's your name? And is this something I can do for you? Is there some way I can help you? And gradually all over the church, people began to love one another. And apparently... Five or six people who didn't have jobs when they came to the church had jobs by the time they left. I'm not going to sit down now because I've got a few more things to say. But, wouldn't it be interesting if we just did what that verse tells us to do for the rest of the morning. But actually, there's coffee and donuts afterwards. And if there's someone that you need to go and love, go and do it. Because the scripture says, beloved, love one another. Love is absolutely essential because even though we can speak with other tongues, the tongues of men that we have never learned and the tongues of angels, without love, because love is of God, in the ears of God, it's an awful noise. It may sound great to other people, and it may even sound good to you. But without love, God can't hear it. It's a horrible noise in his ears. And this was so relevant to the Corinthian church, who came behind in no gift, and yet how they came behind in love. Because there was squabbling, there was divisions, they were taking one another to court. There was tolerating sin in the church. And then you may be so gifted with the gift of prophecy, understanding mysteries and all knowledge, And you've got faith so you can say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Without love, in the eyes of God, you're nothing. Because love is of God. And in your own eyes, you may be terrific. Anybody here moved any mountains recently? I mean, if you had, you would have thought, well, I'm something. But without love, you're nothing in the eyes of God. And even though you give everything away that you have, all your money, all your possessions, including your house and your car, to the poor, and you even make your own body a burnt offering. Without love, without the love that is described in this chapter, your life is fruitless. As far as God is concerned, there is no profit. And God is looking for profit in our lives and he calls it fruit. And it's the fruit of the spirit, which is love. Prophecies in the age to come are going to be redundant. Tongues are going to cease because we'll all only have one language. And that won't be Welsh. And knowledge, we won't pursue knowledge anymore. Science will be redundant. Because then we shall know even as we are known. Now, at the moment, we're like children. And we're all growing. And we still think, compared to when the perfect comes in the age to come, we still think in a childish way. And knowledge is very partial, just as the knowledge of children is even more partial than when they've grown up to be adults. When the perfect comes... I don't know if you remember, some time ago, probably about half an hour ago, the words on the screen were sort of very indistinct. And then they came into focus. And Paul says, now everything is rather out of focus. Like looking into a mirror that is not perfect. But one day, in the age to come, everything is going to be complete and perfect. And we are going to see God face to face. And we shall know, even as we are known. And Paul says, now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these... Is love, but what is it? Love suffers long. Love is long suffering. Love has elasticity. You know, a rubber band, you can stretch it. But as it stretches, it gets thinner and thinner and thinner until It gets to a breaking point, and then it snaps. But love is not like that. The love of God that is described here in 1 Corinthians 13, that we need to pursue, it can be stretched. It's long-suffering, but it doesn't grow thinner and thinner and thinner. You know, God is long-suffering. He's been long-suffering with all of us. And Peter in his second epistle, chapter 2, says that Jesus hasn't come yet and judgment hasn't come yet and this old age hasn't passed away yet because God is being long-suffering. And it's not a case of when judgment comes, God's love will have snapped Because God in His perfection, when He judges, and when He brings this current order and age to an end, it won't be because His love has finally snapped. It will be just another aspect and expression of His love. Now if that seems rather strange, to your earthly mind as it could well be God's love is something that we can't necessarily grasp that God can love and still judge but it's true because God is love and every aspect of God's character is love. Love is kind. Love is gracious. Love is merciful. God has been kind to us, hasn't he? And in his kindness, he's expressed his love and his mercy. And his grace. And he's given us what we don't deserve. So, be kind. Because God has been kind to you. Have some elasticity in your kindness. Let it just go on and on. Because that's how God is towards you. So there are things that love does. And there are things that love doesn't do. Love doesn't envy. Love is not covetous. Love is not jealous. Do you know why? Because love considers that it has everything from God anyway. Do you know, you, you have got everything in Christ. And if you haven't received everything yet, it's not because God isn't willing to give it to you. So don't be jealous or envious of what somebody else has that you don't have. Because actually, it's all available to you. Love doesn't parade itself. Love doesn't say, "Mm, I'm it. I am the most important. Doesn't puff its chest out and stick its nose in the air and look down on everybody else. Love doesn't do that. It's not puffed up with emptiness because that's what pride is. It's just full of emptiness. Just like a balloon that gets blown up. Love is not that. Does not behave rudely or crudely. Doesn't seek its own interests. It puts the interests of others first. It doesn't, or is not provoked, that is easily provoked. It doesn't suddenly go into a rage and a temper. Love doesn't do that. It doesn't think evil, or it doesn't keep a record of wrongs doesn't have a little black book and write things down just so that you can take revenge. Love doesn't do that. It forgives and forgets. Now there are all things where we need to love one another. This is how we should express love Laterally. But there are also things where we need to express love towards God. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. If we love God, we cannot celebrate what God says is sin. Love hopes, sorry, love believes, sorry. <laughs> love rejoices in the truth. Paul here has two opposites iniquity and truth. He doesn't say sin and goodness, he says, sin, iniquity, that which God says is wrong, and truth. And if we love God, we will rejoice in his truth, which we have in the scriptures. Love bears all things. the Greek word that has been translated bears in my New King James version actually means to cover closely or to treasure. What Paul is saying here is that if we love God, we will treasure that which is godly. We will treasure his word. We will treasure that which belongs to God. We will not trash it. We will not consider it worthless. We will not consider it something to be cast aside. But we will hold it closely and treasure it. Love believes all things. Wow, some people could have a field day with that, couldn't they? They will say, well, if you're loving, you'll just believe everything. You know, we we live in a day where the truth of God is despised for the sake of what is called love. People say doctrine divides, love unites. Well, the doctrine of God as taught in the scriptures, we won't despise it. We will love it because it is God's word. And love believes everything that is in the word of God because it's the word of God. That's a challenge for us, isn't it? To grow in our love for God and believe everything that he says in his word. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Our hope is primarily that blessed hope the glorious appearing of Jesus. That's where our hope lies. The Apostle Peter says, set your hope fully on the appearing of Jesus. And as we love God, that hope will become stronger and stronger and stronger in our lives. Love endures all things. Love endures all things for the sake of the gospel. Love endures, love for God endures all things for the sake of his plan and his purpose and his will. It's very broad, isn't it? Love There's so many things that we need to grow into to walk this way of love. And none of us are anywhere near perfection in love, are we? And that's why Paul says, pursue it, run after it. Now, I don't have... To have some spiritual gift to know that we all need to grow in love. It's just normal, isn't it? But we can only do it through the help and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I've said enough. It's time to love one another. Either as if you want prayer, if God has spoken to you specifically about something where you've fallen short in love, or with coffee and donuts to go and love someone and say, is there something I can do for you? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? Or if you're not part of a life group, to find out where your nearest life group is and begin to love one another in a life group. Because that's a really good way to start. Let's pray. Father, because. You are love, and love is of you, and you shed abroad your love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that you've given to us. And because this is your commandment to love one another, Lord, we want to commit ourselves this morning in a fresh way to pursue